Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue, blue this, this is the pod, the pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Mama said there'd be podcasting days like this. Welcome to the Orange and Blue Bloods podcast, a New York Knicks podcast, an Odyssey original. I am EJ Stewart, joined by Tommy Beer. It is going to be uh, a maybe a rough listen. We'll try not to make it a rough listen. Not as rough, at least, as that watch was on Thursday night, watching the Knicks get thumped in a really kind of ugly, choppy game. Uh, Tommy Beer joins me again. Um, man, here we are. Five straight losses. EJ, if we took credit for the eight-game win streak, I guess we have to we, we have to shoulder some blame for this for this five-game losing skid. Um, yeah, as, as you mentioned, it's it's not just the losses. Um, you know, at least uh, at least Tuesday's collapse in Dallas was entertaining. Last uh, right. Thursday night's game um, in San Antonio was ugly. Um, just uh, you know, just they they didn't bring the effort, they didn't bring the energy, um, especially on the defensive end and. Uh, Let's get into the particulars, shall we? Yes, yes, yes. So, again, uh, you're listening to Orange Blue Bloods and Odyssey WFAN original podcast on the New York Knicks. If you want to get these episodes, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you hit the auto-download button so you can get these episodes whenever we drop. We drop three times a week talking New York Knicks win, lose, or draw, and we're certainly talking about another bad L for the Knicks on this episode. So, the Knicks dropped their fifth straight after losing to San Antonio. Um in San Antonio Thursday, the Spurs took the lead in the first quarter and led the rest of the way. Basically out hustling, out muscling the Knicks for much of the game. They the Knicks did get a 41 point form, 41 point performance from Julius Randle. Emmanuel quickly uh he had 36 points in this game. Um, but that was really much it when it came to offensive production for the Knicks. Evan Fournier, who actually did get off the bench in this game, he was the only Nick to score in double figures with 11. Meanwhile, the Spurs got into the paint at will against the Knicks. Um, it was kind of odd to watch a team operate so much in the mid-range and in the in the paint. You don't see that as much in the NBA nowadays with so many teams shooting threes, but the Spurs were getting really good floaters, really good looks around the 10 to 15-foot area, and they were just killing the Knicks all night. Kellen Johnson, who's uh, one of the better mid-range players in the league, he had 30 in this one. Romeo Langford uh, scored a career-high 23 points. 
Spurs shot 51% from the field and out-rebound the Knicks 48 to 38. So, Tommy, what went wrong in San Antonio for the Knickerbockers? For me, it, it really you got to start talking with the defense. Listen, 115 points is isn't terrible. Um, Knicks scored 115. You know that'll get you you know a win on on many nights and at least have you in contention. Um, giving up 122 points to a Spurs team. Um, and listen, we'll talk about the fact that the Knicks were without point guard Jalen Brunson, obviously um, a major factor. Without RJ Barrett, they were down two starters. But it's also worth noting that the Spurs were without Devin Vassell, who's their second yeah. leading scorer, um, leading three point shooter, uh, their best wing. Um, and listen, the Knicks are the last team that can complain about injuries because we, as we know, uh, Nuggets without Jokic, Warriors without Steph Curry, Sixers without Embiid, and on and on and on and on we can go. Um, Knicks have definitely benefited from playing other teams without their top dogs. Um, so they, you know, uh, despite the fact that they were without Brunson and um, uh, Brunson and Barrett, uh, they, this is a game they still need to get the. the to get a W to, to end the losing streak. Um, and yeah. again, for me, it starts with defense and that's, that, that's the issue. You know, it looks like we had talked about during the eight game losing uh, the eight game winning streak that the Knicks had developed an identity. They were going to compete on the defensive end. Um, and, you know, they were, they, they may not outscore you every night. They may not, you know, we put up tremendous offensive numbers, but they had finally figured out, you know, some type of uh, defensive strategy, uh, rotation that, that kind of worked, um, you know, mm -hmm. alongside each other, you know, guys moving on a string and, and just being connected defensively. Um, and that obviously resulted in success, an eight game winning streak. During this five game losing streak, the Knicks are allowing 125.6 points per 100 possessions. Um, that's the worst in the NBA by far. Um, to put that number in context, there are only two other teams in the league that are averaging more than 120 points per 100 possession. That's the awful Lakers and the aforementioned Spurs. Um, so, you know, that that speaks to how poorly the Knicks have been consistently throughout this five-game losing streak. They've given up at, at least 113 points in all five contests um, and just haven't shown that fight, haven't shown that commitment, haven't shown that intensity on the defensive end that was responsible for their, um, their eight-game winning streak. And now here we are. Five losses in a row, all the way back to 500, and uh, things looking ugly for New York right now. Yeah, right now the Knicks are playing like a team that doesn't have an identity. During that winning streak, we saw them really lock up and really look like they had found their way on the defensive end of the floor. In those wins, they gave up 94 to the Warriors, only 106 to the Pacers, 91 to Chicago. Um, they had one game, they gave it 120. That was an overtime game, but 99 to the Kings, 102 to the Hornets, 89 to the Hawks, 81 to the Cavaliers. I mean, some of those numbers are like 1980s, 1990s kind of numbers. And when you play defense at that level in this league, you know, with the offense that a lot of these teams have, including the Knicks, you're going to win a lot of ball games, and they won eight in a row. That defense has completely disappeared. I know there's been some injuries during that time, but uh, to be quite frank, it's not like uh, Jalen Brunson is uh, one of the better defenders on this team. Um, I, think, I don't think R.J. Barrett had a good defensive year really much of this season. So um, it's not like you're, you've lost you know, two defensive aces during this time, and yet the defense during this uh, losing streak has completely fallen apart. As you mentioned, all these games, uh, maybe you can make a case the Dallas game, they played well defensively for 47 minutes, but besides that, every one of these games, the, the defense was not even close to the, to the level it had to be to win. And I think sometimes that happens when you have a team that starts to get into a groove offensively. And we've seen now a lot of players on this team start to get it going on offense. 
Julius Randle again, forty-one points. Uh, he's he's now on a tear. He's on an offensive tear, losing, but he's on an offensive tear at this point. You have to say that definitively with the way he's scoring the ball. Um, so now you got Emmanuel quickly with a big game. He's starting to shoot the ball a lot better. Uh, we saw Quentin Grimes did not play well this game. We'll talk about that. Uh, played well obviously the last game. There are a lot of guys on the Knicks now. Even Deuce McBride starting to make some shots. Like I feel like everybody's starting to get into an offensive rhythm. And sometimes when that happens, you think you can just outscore people. And that's what I saw from the Knicks last night. That's what I've seen from them really during a lot of this stretch that they feel like their offense is moving so well that they could just kind of win these games on the offensive end. And they don't they don't have that kind of firepower, especially when you're missing someone like Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett. You have to be able to hang your hat on defense. And right now they're not doing that. Yeah. Um, listen, I've been I've given a lot of credit to Grimes when he's played well. We got to knock mm-hmm. him for his his no show last night. Um, one for yeah. 10, one for 10 from the floor, one from six from three um, just didn't have it. You know, whether it was tired legs from chasing Luka Doncic around through hell for for 50 plus minutes, um, you know, t- two nights ago. Um, Mitch Robinson was basically invisible, uh, yeah. scoreless. In- maybe his maybe his worst game of the season last night. Right. And he had been playing well. Um, yeah. So, you know, you don't want to you don't want to destroy him too much. But, you know, scoreless in, in 28 minutes, uh, just six rebounds. Um, again, you know, maybe it was a little bit of the hangover from from that from that Dallas beatdown. And uh, outside of Fournier, uh, which we'll talk about him getting back in rotation, he was actually um, one of three Knicks in double figures. Um, Rose looks washed. Hardenstein oh, has been a has has been a mess. He just has not f- found his way. Um, you know, whether you want to talk about him, the Nick with Tibbs using him inefficiently, whatever the case may be, um, in the role that he's currently being used in, um, just not getting the job done was minus seventeen in fifteen minutes last night. Um, just just hasn't figured out a way to contribute. So sum it all up, and um, you know you have a very disheartening, disappointing loss. Yeah, and let's 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 stay on Grimes because Grimes uh, he had this this huge performance in Dallas offensively, particularly, and he chased Luca around. Even if Luca did have you no know, historic NBA NBA performance, he, he did play hard in that game. And then you see him last night, and it felt like not just Grimes, but so much of the team just didn't have legs. They just didn't have that kind of energy to kind of pop. Like that was a game, and, and Breen said it at the time during during the game. I think it was in the third quarter where he said, or maybe it was late, early fourth. But he said, "You don't want to say a team wants it more, but it just looks like the Spurs wanted more than the Knicks." And and we could say want, but it could just be just you know the 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 will or or the energy to to get the game because I mean they they beat them pretty much all the hustle stats you would look at in that in that game. How much do you do you contribute? the the big minutes that a lot of those guys played in that Dallas game to this loss because to me uh, to me it's like a one plus one equals two I mean you see uh, we know the way Grimes normally plays uh, whether it be not just you know what he's offensively recently but then just the defensive effort and the hustle um, even he seems to step slow we see Mitchell Robinson we know how hard he plays especially on the glass he he, he guys lunch Aiton by Jaco Pertle a guy who's coming coming back from an injury who's playing on a minutes restriction and just dominated Mitchell Robinson. How much of uh, that 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 those big minutes do you do you contribute to that loss? Yeah, I mean, listen. To be fair, you got to acknowledge that 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 certainly um, it seemed like a bit of a hangover. Um, they talked about it on the broadcast just a step slow, loose balls, um, hustle mm-hmm. stats. They just they just went in the favor of the Spurs. Um, you know, it seemed like the the Spurs obviously second worst record in the West, one of the worst records in the NBA. Um, you could tell early on that they sensed that they had a chance to get a W, um, and they yeah. kind of 
you know, and, and they were excited and motivated and, and energized. Um, it's That's why good teams put their foot on the throat of bad teams early on and don't let them get an idea. OK, this is a night, you know, we should really compete. We have a chance here. Um, let's fight. Um, obviously, a very well coached team. Um, uh, we talked about pop uh, on Thursday's podcast leading into yeah. previewing uh, Thursday night's game. Um, and I, I just thought it was funny and, and we'll mention it quickly. Um, one of the turning points in the loss to Dallas was the very questionable jump ball call um, late in the fourth quarter. We saw a similar situation. Knicks had kind of fought back in the fourth. Um, I think they were within seven. Um, looks like a loose ball tie-up situation um, off an inbound uh, with about a minute left. Um, and instead of waiting for a foul to be called or a jump ball to be called, Pop calls a quick timeout um, mm -hmm. right in front of the, their team's bench, which was the same situation that Tibbs didn't call a timeout. Um, so it's worth mentioning, um, yeah. you know, it's probably unfair to compare any coach to, to, to an X's and O's standpoint to, to Popovich, um, as we mentioned, one of the, the great coaches in, in league history. Um, voted one of the top 15 yeah. coaches last uh, last year in that in that um, 75th anniversary team. So you could make a case that he's one or two, or, or certainly top three, top five. Um, but uh, it, it is worth noting. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you give a team like that life, um, a well coached team, and they're going to take advantage. And again, you know, just just getting stops. Um, Keldon Johnson scored at will. Um, he, you know, yeah. he had, was quiet in the first quarter. Two early fouls. Uh, you figure this is a night that you know maybe you can contain him. He ends up with 30 points. Um, so uh, uh, a lot to look, uh, you know, obviously we'll talk about Houston on, on Saturday, New Year's Eve. Um, but this is a, getting to a situation now where, um, you know, you look at the big picture, back to 500. They are, yep. they are just, if you, if you look at the standings, you know, they're only, you know, nine days ago, they were five games above 500, had the longest winning streak in the NBA. Now they have the NBA's longest losing streak. Now they're just two games ahead of the Raptors, who are the even though they're struggling, they've lost three in a row. Um, Knicks are just two games ahead of the Raptors, who are the 11 seed. They're just three games ahead of the Wizards, who all of a sudden have won three in a row. Wizards are 12th uh, in the East, um, so you know they 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 kind of stockpiled those those wins that are that are important now. Um, but here we are on the eve of 2023, and the Knicks are a 500 team, probably you know mediocre team. Um, up and down, which we expected, um, but uh, you know it looked like there was a chance that they had a had a, had a good opportunity to exceed expectations um, nine ten days ago. But uh, you know here we are with the with the five hundred club. And when watching that game, and you mentioned you know Pop with this the, the very savvy timeout. I believe the Knicks were only down seven at that point, around a minute left. The Knicks you know get a tie up, take the ball back, they hit a three. Now you're in a two possession game with. You know about you know 50 40 seconds left and that's a game right there so uh pop being being, being shrewd there with the timeout but like with with tibbs he, he he went to fournier we knew someone would have to get into the rotation you were right on the money saying that somebody was going to get in there and you were right that that it was ended up being evan fournier fournier it was interesting he he played okay he scored the ball but like his, he just doesn't have like a positive impact on the team when he's out there like it's it's one of those things where if you want to look at empty numbers, like to me he had empty numbers. Like he scored in double digits, he hit some shots, he had like a, a you know like a prayer three pointer uh, when the shot clock was running down from about thirty feet, and he can do that because he he's a good shooter. But he, he just didn't see him have much of a positive impact on this team. But just watching Thibodeau these last two games and how he he's managed the rotation and managed the roster, it, it just makes me want to pull my hair out. You know, I'm watching this game last night and. We know that the Spurs 
play a lot of kind of combo forwards and and and, and Kellen Johnson's playing a lot of four, even though maybe he's maybe more naturally a small forward. He's got Hartenstein and Sims out there, and like they have no chance. And he's putting out there a lineup of Rose and Hartenstein and Fournier, and they get they get killed. Like that to me, that that game turned when that lineup came in in the second in the, in the, at the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. Like though though that lineup had no chance defensively, and it hurt them. The, the Knicks were in a close game, and then all of a sudden now they're they're down by double digits. So, wh- what do you think of kind of how Tibbs managed? the decisions in terms of who he decided to play and how he kind of played these last, these last few games. Again, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse because it just appears Cam Reddish won't play, but that again, seemed like a game that Cam Reddish would have been perfect for considering how much Kellen Johnson got going. He would have been a perfect guy to throw on Kellen Johnson um, coming in as a back of four. Instead he's playing Hart and Simon Sims together. Yeah. Um, you know, as we talked about, it probably would be Fournier or um, Reddish that that inherited yeah. that, that, that vacated spot in the rotation. End up being Fournier. Um, you know, again, Fournier gives you kind of what Fournier gives you. Knocked down a three, um, had a bunch of other floaters, got to the free throw line once um, and, you know, scored 11 points on six field goal attempts. Uh, was negative nine in 17 minutes. But again, he played a, lo- a lot of those minutes alongside Rose, alongside Hardenstein. Yeah. I don't want to kill him too much. Um, you know, at this stage of his career, you know, he just does. He's just very limited on the defensive end. Um, there was that closeout at the end of the first quarter when um, Josh Richardson knocked down that three-pointer um, that, that that Fournier was a step slow. Um, but he contested it, you know, did the best he can. But again, he just doesn't have that athleticism, that pop um, to really cover NBA wings and NBA guards. At that it is so it is so noticeable, too. Like, having not seen him play right. for like a month, and you see how the team's been moving, how they've been rotating, and then he goes out there, and you just, it's like, oh my God, this he looks like he's going in slow motion. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's that bad. When he replaces McBride, you're used to seeing right. McBride as that as wing off the bench, you know. And then, yeah, it's it's night and day the difference in in defensive acumen and intensity. Um, so yeah, it's just there's just you know you kind of you, you basically have to cover up for him on the defensive end and hope he gives you enough offense to to make up for it. Um, so yeah, I, I, and you're right. I thought in, in retrospect. You know, you don't expect the Spurs to get to score 122 against you, but given the way the game had was playing out and the defensive struggles the Knicks had coming into um, the contest, it probably would have made more sense to go with Reddish over Fournier. Um, and we'll see if if Tibbs switches that up going into Houston on Saturday night. Um, who have some dynamic wings, you know, Jalen Green. Obviously, he's a, he's a, he's a matchup issue. Kevin Porter Jr. point guard, um, Jabari Smith. So we'll see, you know, kind of how they they handle those those, those minutes, um, how those minutes are allocated in Houston on Saturday night. So yeah, I, I mean, again, I don't think that was the 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 cause of the loss or the victory. Um, and um, you know, Fournier did do, does deserve some credit yeah. for at least uh, you know for, for knocking down his shots. And yeah. obviously, he hadn't played in six weeks, so it's tough to expect him to you know contribute too much. Yeah, and um, and and maybe this is not the episode for it, but there will be a conversation soon about Isaiah Hartenstein's position yes. in this rotation. Like it has to happen because I just don't know what he's bringing, giving you at this point. And, and especially and, playing with Sims. It's it, like, that's that's what I was going to say. The four or five Hartenstein Sims. The numbers aren't bad. I looked at the two man lineup this morning. Um, you know, they've it looks like they're logging. Um, they're basically right around even plus minus. Um, they have a zero point three plus minus. But um, you're yeah, just watching the games night in, night out. This that that 
you know, it was worth an experiment, but that experiment has failed. Um, it's time to switch it up. And, um, you know, we'll see if Obi makes some progress. They could certainly yeah. use, you know, th that's the one thing I was thinking last night is like this team is in desperate need of a spark, which is maybe why you, you, you add her in Cam Reddish. But that's something that Obi could provide um, just some momentum, some energy, some excitement, um, because the team just looks, especially on a night after the Dallas game. And as we talked about, they, they just seem deflated. Um, they could use some some Obi dunks, some East Bay dunks from Obi. Yeah. Just lift the the collective spirit of the team. Yeah, I think when you don't have, when you're not playing Cam, and you have Obi out, you have RJ out, and you watch them last uh, on Thursday night, the, the the athletic profile of the team just yes. looks totally different. Yep. Um, they're just a little slower, they're a little smaller, and 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 getting uh, two of those three guys back at least, and, and Barrett and and, and Toppin definitely can make a difference whether. You know, can plays or not is obviously uh, up for you know debate or maybe not debate because he, he don't seem like he's going to get in at all. So uh, so so the Knicks lose. Uh, they are now at five hundred on the season and have a five game losing streak. They'll look to snap that five game losing streak uh, and salvage a game from this Texas road trip when they take on the Rockets in Houston. Like the Spurs, the Rockets are also one of the youngest teams in the NBA and have one of the NBA's worst record at ten and twenty five. They lost Thursday night to. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic, who once again put up a triple-double, but this time did not come with 60 points. But he did have another triple-double uh, in that, uh, yeah. that win for Dallas. Well, only about 35, 13, and 12. So it was an <laughs> off night for Luka last night. Yeah, a, a modest performance from, from, the, from the great Luka Doncic there. Uh, but for the Rockets, last year's uh, number two overall pick, Jalen Green, has played well this season. The team also features the number three overall pick in this year's draft, Jabari Smith, who's had a bit of an up-and-down rookie season. Uh, Tommy, how do the Knicks ensure they get a win on this road trip? Yeah, it's important. Um, you play in Houston, New Year's Eve, Saturday night. Then you come back home where they've been bad at home. Yeah. Uh, below 500 record uh, at the Garden against the Suns team. Uh, yes, they will be without Devin Booker, but we know their pedigree. Um, you know, Western Conference champions uh, recently. Um and um, they still have, you know, Chris Paul and and, and, and Mikhail Bridges, who was drafted after uh, Kevin Knox. <clears throat> um, but, uh, <laughs> Thanks for reminding me that <laughs> early case, morning recording. In case we forgot, um, and Aiden and, and a bunch of other quality players. Um, they haven't lived up to expectations. I think they're just three or four games over 500. Um, as someone who bet the under 52 wins, I'm happy to see it. Um, but again, obviously um, a, a team that's not to be taken lightly. So if you lose... Saturday night in Houston, the Knicks will be underdogs um, against the Suns Monday. You're looking at potentially a seven-game losing streak, um, something I want to look up. Has a team ever won eight in a row and then lost seven in a row? Um, mm. what's the, you know, How many times has that happened? Um, so, yes, Saturday's game takes on added importance. Um, we talked about in Thursday's pod, you know, Tibbs' ability when things are at their bleakest to kind of bounce back and, and give a, a strong effort, a strong performance. Um, you know, they we thought that it might happen Thursday night in San Antonio. We didn't get it. Um, now things are even darker. Um, you know, can they find intestinal fortitude to kind of bounce back? Obviously, a lot of it's dependent on Jalen Brunson. Soon he'll be listed as questionable once the injury report comes out later this afternoon, Friday afternoon. Um, sounds like Barrett, uh, the report was 
on Wednesday that he'll miss at least a week. You saw his finger heavily bandaged. Um, yeah. and he gave some, some kind of details on the bench that it looked like his that his tendon was exposed, not necessarily yeah. bone, his tendon was exposed. So um, certainly assume that he's out um, at least Saturday night, probably Monday. Um, we'll see if they get him back in the middle of next week. Um, and but but obviously if Brunson came back, it looks like he you know there was footage of at MSG on the MSG broadcast of him warming up, stretching out, looking to try to get that hip loose um, prior to Thursday night's contest against the Spurs. So it seems like he's at least trending in the right direction. Um, but again, and to their credit, they shouldn't rush him back. Um, he's he's essential to you know what the Knicks want to do long term. He's been dinged up for a while, um, so you wait to as he's as close. You know you know if he's twenty five percent, he's going to want to rush back into the lineup. Yeah. Um, you know, and, instead of sitting next to his dad and, and chatting with his dad last night, even though that's cool uh, to, to see the, the father and son sitting on the bench and, and, and talking hoops while watching an NBA game. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, again, I think a lot of it starts defensively. Um, IQ, great offensive numbers last night, um, needs to pick up defensively. Kevin Porter Jr. has had some big games of late. Um, Grimes need to bounce back. Jalen Green's a tough matchup. You, you know, we talked about athletic profile. Um, he's he's the guy in, in terms of athleticism, bounce, energy. Yeah. Um, you know, he can give you problems. You let him. He's averaging over 21 points per game this season. Um, Jabari Smith has, has had his struggle shooting below 40% from the floor. Um, so, again, Randall should be able to take advantage of him, uh, the, you know, the inexperienced rookie. Um, Sengun, um, that's a matchup that, that Mitchell Robinson should be able to take advantage, advantage of, um, use his height. Um, The Knicks will need a bounce back game from Grimes and a bounce back game from Robinson um, if they want to compete. And then they also need some contributions from the bench, whether it's Fournier or Reddish. Um, Hardenstein has to play better, um, but the Knicks have not gotten contributions from their bench during this five-game losing streak. So those are two things, I think, defensively, defensive effort intensity, and some contributions from the bench along with the bounce back from from those two key starters, especially with Brunson and Barrett out. Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned uh, Mitchell Robinson versus Sangoon. I, I worry about Mitch in foul trouble. Um, Sangoon is an extremely physical player. Um, he's a, a true kind of back-to-basket big. I, one of my favorite players from that draft from a couple of years ago and, and a really good young big. I, I'm very fascinated to see if Mitch can be disciplined and kind of have a bounce-back game against, against Alperin in that one. And then uh, you mentioned Jabari Smith versus uh, Randall. Jabari has struggled a bit with the shot. Uh, he shot pretty well from three, but overall his shooting's kind of been very up and down. He's essentially a jump shooter at this point in his career. Yeah. That That's kind of what he is. Um, but he can defend. Uh, he, he's also another long, athletic uh, kid, and 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 that will be interesting. Julius Randall been on a tear. How, do, how does Houston guard him? Uh, I'm sure they'll send uh, some help for Jabari, but – uh, that's not going to be a, an easy matchup, as I mentioned last night or on, on a, a, the Wednesday pod, a Thursday pod. I'm losing my days right now. <laughs> um, I mentioned on the Thursday pod that uh, that that uh, 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 Sohan was, was going to be a potential problem for the Knicks defensively, and we saw him guarding essentially one through four. I mean, the guy, he was all over the place in that game. Jawari Smith is some similar defensive abilities, especially particularly guarding uh, those combo wings, so I'm very fascinated to see that matchup, but you mentioned that the top gun is, is Jabari, uh, is, is uh, is uh, Jalen Green. I'm sorry. Um, he's he's he was number two pick in the draft. 
just last season. He is a guy who can get really hot really fast. So Quinton Grimes playing back into his home, back in his hometown, back in his college stomping grounds. Yep. That match between him and, and Green is going to be fascinating. He's going to have to get whatever energy he didn't have in San Antonio. He's going to need it for this one. Uh, he didn't get to play against Vassell, uh, but this one's going to be an even tougher matchup with uh, with Green playing at home. Agreed. Yeah, um, it's a good point, too. Um, the former Houston Cougar um, and, and Samson prodigy Quinn Grimes, you know, he'll be motivated and, and look to exact some revenge. So um, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the uh, the over under on, uh, on on FanDuel to see uh, what Grimes comes in. But I, but my money is on, on, on him bouncing back and, and uh, having a good game uh, Saturday night. And when you look at the, the Houston situation, like. Uh, they're another team that's essentially in the you know Victor Wimbenyama sweepstakes, and while they're not winning a lot of games, you know I do have a lot of respect for their head coach Stephen Silas. Uh, you know he kind of you know was the architect of the Dallas Mavericks offense during those years with uh, Rick Carlisle, and um, if they're able to get Wimbenyama uh, or a uh, Scoot Henderson or one of those guys, I mean you you look at now you may be building a really nice core. Over there in Houston, you know, like I said, Green is an exciting young player. Sengun looks like a, a, a definitely a, a guy to keep an eye on. Um, they still have Kevin Porter. They still have, they just drafted Jabari Smith. And if you add another top 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 player there, which is extremely likely given where they are in the standings, that they'll be in the top three or four. There's some potential for Houston to really make some noise, maybe in the not so distant future. Hey, I it's it's so. This lottery and draft will be amazing because if you slot Wembayan into some of these teams, it's impossible not to be super excited about the prospects yeah. if you're a fan of these squads, whether it's the Magic or the Pistons, uh, you know, and, and the Rockets. <laughs> you know, there's the yeah. report from Woj over uh, over the weekend that Harden, you know, was interested in. It. I could see Houston be like, nah, we're good. You know, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> we had a good time with you, James, but we kind of we're building something here. Um, yeah. yeah, and if you put, you know, you you pair Wimbayana with uh, Jabari Smith and Sengun and Jalen Green uh, and Kevin Porter Jr. That is a dynamic. I mean, you talk about a front line of of, of, of Wimbayana and Jabari Smith next to each other. How are you going to score these guys? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's just it, it, fascinating to think about. Um, you know, to, to, you know, you can even, you know, run some, you know, Jabari Smith, Wangoon, Wembayana front court because all those yeah. guys shift between four or five. Uh, yeah, and Smith and Smith and Wembayama are great shooters. So a hundred percent, they can knock down hundred percent. As you noted, even though uh, Jabari Smith is, is hasn't been his field goal, overall field goal percentage isn't great, shooting thirty three percent from downtown. I expect that to only increase going forward. You know, he showed at Auburn that he that he can you know shoot with ease from distance. Yeah, and, and Wembayana is a guy that um, you know could could easily knock down five six three pointers a night so um and he can play anywhere from two to five so um fascinating to think about as as you know as we move forward um yeah i haven't got a chance to watch much rockets this season and uh as 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 with you i i was really high on sangoon coming in um he was one of my favorite players to watch uh from that rookie class um really crafty inventive yeah. low post moves he's a, a fun player to watch um and i haven't seen much of jabari smith so i'll uh, look forward to seeing how he deals with um and again he one of the reasons that the Rockets took Jabari Smith over Bancaro was because of uh, Smith's defensive ability. So um, he'll be tested against a, a red hot uh, Julius Randle. We haven't talked about it much, um, and it's coincided with the five game losing streak. So you don't All want right. to put too much stock into it. Um, but as you know, um, Jabari, uh, 
like Julius Randle has, has just been a beast of late. Last five games, he's averaging um, where's the where are the numbers here? Um, uh, 32.8 points per game. 12. He's been dominating on the glass. 12.4 rebounds per game yeah. while shooting 54 54% from the floor and 40 uh, 44% from downtown. Um, you know, granted, again, five straight losses, so you don't want to you know uh, give him too much credit because at the end the, the end result hasn't been what they wanted. But you can't pin those losses on Randall, who's played really really well on the offensive end of late. Yeah, the closest we've seen Randall play to that uh, all NBA second team yes. level he played in during the uh, post pandemic uh, year they had. So, uh, Knicks, Rockets, New Year's Eve, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern in Houston. So, uh, we mentioned that uh, Saturday will mark the final game of the Knicks uh, 2022 year. Um, the year of 2022 for the Knicks had some highs, uh, many, many, many lows in the year. Of 2022, and as we enter 2023, we would like to bring with us some positive new energy. Uh, here are our New Year's resolutions for the Knicks. So I will start with one here, and it, it stems from something I I, I watched um, last night from uh, Tom Thibodeau in the post game press conference when he was asked about the performance of Emmanuel quickly and the numbers he's been putting up. Uh, despite playing all these big minutes in these last few games. I don't get wrapped up in the end of it. I look at what the team does, you know, and it, that's the important. How do you impact the team? And so we didn't play well, you know, and, you know, the numbers when you, you don't win don't mean anything to me. Okay, so that is nonsense. That is a nonsensical uh, uh, answer right there. Uh, Emmanuel quickly had, what, 15 assists in the last game. There he has 36 points. And the coach is saying that I don't, I don't care about numbers when we lose. What like so if they would have grabbed the rebound, you would have cared about the numbers because they would have won the last game. Like I don't understand that. So my New Year's resolution for Tom Thibodeau is there will be no more nonsensical answers in the post game press conference. Like I, I can't control what he does in terms of the rotation and all that stuff. But just say things that make sense. Saying you don't care about numbers when you lose is one of the most asinine things I think I've ever heard coach say. And unfortunately, I hear these kind of asinine things from him often. And it's really odd because I've the Knicks have had other worse coaches than him in the recent years, David Fisdale, Derek Fisher. And they didn't say this kind of nonsense. Like they didn't say things that you look at and you just scratch your head and say, what the hell was that? You just heard that Knicks a head coach say, I don't care about numbers when we lose. Tom Thibodeau, New Year's resolution. No more nonsensical answers in the postgame press conference. Uh, good luck with that. I'll say, uh, <laughs> that, that resolution has about as much a uh, chance of, of, of coming to fruition as my goals to go to the gym, for, you know, three days a week. So, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see if that happens before I get into mine, a uh, quick question for you yeah. as someone who's uh, about 10 years younger than me. The last thing I can want to do is go out to any club or bar on new year's Eve. What are your new year's Eve plans, um, as a younger man? Um, and have you, have you ever done the time? square thing um at any point in your life the new year's eve Times square debacle so to answer the second part no i would never ever 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 go to Times square on new year's eve i don't i feel like most native new yorkers or people from the area don't want to do that that is something that is purely a um a tourist thing and a tourist trap uh i i worked at a uh, new york one for a long time so i have um they thank God covered it from the, the comfort of a newsroom, not being 
right out into the in the public but i i know what goes into the preparation for that i know what it takes to actually get a spot for that and it's something i would uh never ever want to do so no Times square new year's eve for me um i am probably you know because i am not a, a single young man so probably a little more of a square uh time for me when it comes to plans but I, I there will be a dinner that happens but it's gonna be much earlier in the evening uh, we'll go to a, a nice restaurant but it's not gonna be uh popping bottles at the club at, at uh at, you know at, at the 4040 club or a one oak or one of those places uh, those days are, are, are long gone for me uh at this point in my life so it'll be it'll be a nice dinner at a nice restaurant and then um we'll be uh, watching the ball drop from from my from our living room Solid plans. I like that idea. I, you know, again with with two kids, I'll be lucky if I make it to midnight in, in my bed, let alone, <laughs> let alone be out of the bar somewhere. Um, as far as resolutions, um, I think you know, just looking at the big picture, I hope in twenty twenty three, the Knicks and the front office correctly assess where they are in rel in, in relation to the rest of the league, in relation to the direction of the franchise, and seriously consider making moves you know that that look ahead big picture um and, and that includes trading julius randall while it looks like his value is as high as it, it certainly higher than it was six months ago three months ago a month ago um he's really put together some some impressive solid numbers here um and and a lot to be excited about um and I think that they have an opportunity here when teams start to get desperate at the deadline. The very interesting thing about this year's deadline is there's clearly an upper echelon. And then there's yeah. the, you know, and then there's like five or six teams, the the the, the Rockets and, and the Spurs, ironically enough, as part of that, you know, that they're that are solely in the in the Wembayana sweepstakes. Does any team look to you know, you know, whether it's the Pacers or the, you know, or, or another club that's kind of in the mix right now, make a push to get into the, you know, get more lottery balls, or does one of those teams acquire veterans, um, you know, whether it's the Lakers or, or another club that tries to get out of that lower tier, mid tier mix and, and establish themselves as a contender, or does a contender try to solidify themselves as an elite team against the other, you know, upper echelon teams, um, does that mean another team's willing to take on on Randall and his contract and give you back positive value assets, whether it be young players, whether it be draft picks? Um, that's something that I hope the Knicks seriously consider going forward, um, because, you know, as we talked about when we first started doing these pods and as we talked about even during the eight game win streak, what's the ultimate upside of this team? Um, and, and right now, as a team that's 500, um, you know, that's probably, you know, I think Vegas had him at thirty nine point five or around 40 games, a game or two under five hundred. Um, yeah. It's hard to envision them, you know, with the, you know, and, and we've talked about even at the height of the eight game winning streak, would they be able to win a game, let alone a series against the Bucs, Celtics, Nets, Sixers? You know, it just, it, it probably isn't a, a reality. So if you, if you, if you, yeah. if, I understand that you want to maintain um, respectability and, and still be a, a near a, a solid team in in hopes that an, that a star player you know demands a trade, um, but that's a risky strategy at best. Um, whereas you know, at some point you got to consolidate these assets and and move a veteran or two and go go all in on your on the youth going forward. Um, so we'll see if that uh, becomes a reality. Yeah, I would co-sign that uh, resolution as well for the next front office. Another resolution, this one kind of more for the team itself, but it's also kind of lends on the coaching staff. 
but it also relies on the point guard and relies on everybody running the offense. Quentin Grimes right now averaging just seven field goals attempts per game. In 2023, I want to see that number at 10 field goals attempts at least. He is one of the more efficient players on the Knicks. He shows that with more shot attempts, he has more in his bag. He has more creativity. And I think it will actually open up things for everyone else offensively. Um, everyone else won't have to force as much, particularly the big three guys, RJ, uh, Randall, and, and, and uh, Jalen Brunson, all guys averaging around or near 20 points a game. If they could get a, a fourth guy to really get going, the Knicks could potentially do some things in terms of, of securing a playoff spot, or at least get into the play-in. And Quentin Grimes has shown that when he gets that opportunity, he can really uh, uh, cause problems for other defenses. So I want to see Quentin Grimes in 2023 averaging at least 10 field goals a game. There's 48 minutes a game. Every team is playing at a breakneck speed. There are plenty of possessions where he can get 10 shots, especially because of how well he cuts as well. Um, I'd love to see him get the ball more in, when he makes those cuts, whether it be on Julius Randle post-ups or Jalen Brunson drives. Uh, he's very good moving out the ball. So 10 attempts to me is just not that hard for a guy like him. I want to see that those five field goal attempts go up in 2023. Definitely. Um, I would, would totally co-sign that, agree with that. You, you know where I, where I stand on the Grimes. Um, as far as a player, one thing I'd like to see from um, a player New Year's resolution is R.J. Barrett assists. Um, mm. Average is just, just three assists per game. Um, his assist rate right now is at 13.4%. That's the lowest since his, his rookie season. Um, that should be higher. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's been in the league long enough now. You know, he's playing with a true point guard. Um, he spends a lot of time on the floor with Grimes, a knockdown shooter. Um, so, those, you know, those should coincide. And something we've talked about on the pod previously um, is – uh, get up when he's driving the lane, keep his head up. Don't be determined and, and bullheaded and, you know, throw up a shot or get fouled, whatever the case might be. Um, keep your eyes uh, open. Um, look for the entirety of the floor and uh, you create some easy baskets. And then once you start dishing out, um, you know, you're not going to have as many defenders crashing into the lane and, and, and building a wall that's preventing you from getting the basket. Um, if players recognize that you're willing to pass it out off drives, um, that may open up some additional driving lanes for you and create easier scoring opportunities for yourself going forward. Yep, and then for a, a team goal, we've seen at countless times this year the Knicks struggle with defending the three ball. Um, ironically enough, the team is, is fifth in, in, in opponent three-point percentage, but uh, we've seen several games where teams have just uh, lit it up from the three-point line. Uh, the Knicks are, are 28th in the league in uh, three-point attempts allowed, uh, 37, almost 38 attempts per game. They have to defend the three much better in the second half. They cannot afford – that many threes going up on a consistent basis because as we've seen at points in the season if those shots go in you're dead on arrival so i want to see the knicks give up less than 33 three-point attempts per game i think that that's fair if you're at 37 right now if you can cut that by four um in theory that could be 12 points in a certain game you know quickly doing that math in my head very scared i was going to get that math wrong um that could be 12 points in a, in a game if you if you eliminate some of these threes that they've been giving up. And we've seen them get hurt by the three ball, um, particularly in, in, in the game uh, in Dallas, in the game against uh, the Sixers. The defense has gotten better from the three-point line, which is why I think you've seen that percentage drop. But as we've seen this defense slip, they have to do a better job of ensuring that teams aren't just throwing up open threes night after night after night. So I want to see that three-point attempt allowed number go down in 2023. Agreed. And just and, and, and as far as team-wise, we talked about earlier in the pot, 
consistency, establish an identity. You obviously had the defensive structure during that eight game winning streak that allowed you to be successful, um, you know, near the top of the league in defensive efficiency during that eight game win streak. Now you're the last in the league um, it, it, during this five game losing streak. So just kind of find that even keel, um, less of a roller coaster, less up and down. Um, you know, you can kind of assign blame, you know, to Tibbs, to the players, um, but collectively as a group, um, if they want to establish themselves again um, as a legitimate, you know, team above 500, they need to be more consistent on the defensive end. A lot of that has to do, as you pointed out, into doing a better job defending um, the three-point line and, and allowing fewer wide-open three-pointers, which is something that has bedeviled the team all season and really during Tibbs' tenure dating back to uh, last season. Um, so we'll see if uh, they can kind of figure that out going forward. Yeah, 2022 went pretty haywire for the Knicks. It was uh, the 2022 second half of a last season really fell apart for New York. This first half of the season, 500. So not necessarily a great 2022 for the Knicks, but we're hoping that we get uh, some positive energy and and some 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 positive developments for the Knicks in the new year. Um, what I yes, my plans. What are your plans for 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 New Year's? I, I know you said that it would be very tough to get up, stay up till midnight for the kids. Are the kids going to stay up till midnight? No, no. I got a I got a seven year old girl and, and a three year old boy. So okay. Um, usually, what we'll do is we'll you know watch a, a tape. To- uh, you know, New Year's Eve drop, uh, you know, the ball dropping around eight and, uh, you know, something along those lines and uh, <laughs> <laughs> let them think it's it, it's the actual thing and then uh, shuffle them off to bed. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll, do, we'll, we'll maybe we'll do a little uh, order in some uh, some Tony's tacos or some Chinese food or something along those lines and, um, you know, do, do, do something nice um, as a fan. But, yeah, we uh, we did a lot of traveling now to the parents and the in-laws. Um, yeah. for uh for 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 uh, christmas and, and a little vacation thereafter um for a couple of days so uh yeah just chill relax um uh yeah the the days of uh clubs and bottles and and all that stuff are are long past uh the uh the beer household yeah so tommy's to tommy's kids if you see a ball drop it says 2022 do not be alarmed it's just, <laughs> it's just saying that we're leaving 2022 exactly. that's why we're we're dropping it because it's the end of the new the year and we're going into the new year 100%. so when you watch the ball drop it says 2022 <laughs> yes because we're ending 2022 exactly that, that that'll that'll get them so uh that'll do it for this episode of the orange and blue buzz podcast tommy let them know where they can find you at Tommy Beer on Twitter. Happy New Year's, everybody. Enjoy, be safe, and um, best to everybody. Yes, and you can find me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram and TikTok. And yes, everybody have a safe and happy New Year. And uh, continue to follow us, the Orange and Blue Bloods podcast in the new year. You can get these podcast episodes wherever you get your podcasts, including the, the free Odyssey app. And when you get these podcasts, make sure you uh, subscribe and make sure you hit the auto download feature so you can get these episodes and never drop. That's going to do it for this edition of Orange and Blue Buzz. Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.